everybody to Blissfully Aware, the show in which three opinionated people discuss what's going on in fandom and nerd news in general. I am Bliss, and as always, I'm joined by my two lovely co-hosts, Kelty and Kendra. Hello. I don't want to be here today. <laughs> I don't want to do this one. I don't want to talk about what we have to talk about. This one was bad. <laughs> This one was ugly. Uh, so, y'all like pins? Pins and buttons? I love pins and buttons. Because she's a classic I'm, lesbian. I'm an old lesbian. I do it the old-fashioned way. Patches and buttons and... Really loud jackets. Screaming at the public to fuck off and leave her alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, how else will you know I'm gay? Well, how do you feel about pins and buttons that are about your stance on fandom shipping? I could do without it. I mean, personally, me. That just seems... I don't... I don't care what other people are doing. That's just so niche. I don't need a pin for it. Yeah, I don't... I don't have pins, so this... Maybe this is lost on me. But I just... (laughs) I wouldn't get one, let's say. Well, so the reason I ask is because, as you may or may not know, there was an incident, a pincident, if you will, I won't. I won't. No. (laughs) (laughs) A pin was being sold. It was discovered by fandom and completely cannibalized into something it absolutely was not. (laughs) Cannibalized. I am. Yeah. (laughs) I'm talking, of course, about the pro shipper pin. If you are, let's say, not perpetually online. (laughs) 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 Making a lot of, uh digs here that normies probably won't get but whatever do normies listen to this podcast <laughs> avery does oh <laughs> thanks avery shout out to avery That's so sweet oh y'all should listen to his podcast brews and reviews mm-hmm. but so yeah a pin was made by a little indie startup called Ravenstag outfitters it was a black pin with white letters that read Pro Shipper, little pink triangles uh, punctuating the two different words of Pro Shipper. Yeah. And in the center, it was a rainbow with that hunk of meat emoji, the rainbow meaties symbol. Yeah, God. Yeah, I'm not a fan of that emoji code, but like also, again, doesn't really matter to me. I just think that I think most emojis are ugly. I'm just old. Take them or leave them, but I don't love the meat hunk. Yes, it comes specifically from the Hannibal fandom because their creator, Brian Fuller, actually got quite severely harassed and doxxed on Twitter last year. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, the fandom decided that the gay meats was was a way to express solidarity because, again, the show's about cannibals. I I do think the backstory to it is funny because I think that's actually kind of funny because, you know, Brian Fuller's queer and Hannibal's a cannibal. But, like, yeah, I just think the emojis are ugly. So, yeah, this pin, it's wild because the drama surrounding the pin started off in a more base way. People were mad that the pink triangles were used on the pin to punctuate the two different pro shipper words encircling the pin. Mm-hmm. Because it's a Holocaust big air quote symbol or an AIDS big air quote symbol, mm-hmm. which is not what the pink triangle is. No. Let's just put that to bed. It's not. It is a queer pride symbol. It was reclaimed symbol. From the Holocaust. Yeah. So if you don't know what the pink triangle is, like the briefest of summaries is that... During the Holocaust, pink triangle patches were put on queer people the way that uh, Yellow Star of David was put on Jewish people to designate them as, I don't know. Jews? (sighs) Yeah, as whatever they were, whatever micro group that uh, offended the Germans. Mm -hmm. There were a lot. So in 1972, gay Catholic, mind you, gay Catholic concentration camp survivor Heinz Herger wrote a memoir called The Men with the Pink Triangle. And that brought to light that symbol because queer issues weren't, you know, super widespread at the time. This was pre-AIDS. So it was still something that we kind of kept in the closet a little bit when it came to public recognition of queer people. 
Mm-hmm. After that, it was adopted by a, a German gay liberation group called West Berlin Homosexual Action. Oh, yeah. And they adopted it as a symbol of solidarity for the people who died for being gay during the Holocaust. Because a lot of people died in the Holocaust, not just Jewish people. And I say this as a Jewish person, a lot of non-Jews died in the Holocaust as well. Five million, in fact. So after that, it was adopted by gay liberation groups across the world. Notably, ACT UP here in the United States started using it in an AIDS awareness. Uh, A big one that you might know of, if you know about the pink triangle, is the pink triangle on a black background with the white word saying silence equals death. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have that pen. Speaking of pens. (laughs) (laughs) I find that one incredibly moving, as it's supposed to be. Yeah. And since then, it has been used in memorials across the world. For queer people, it's on buttons and patches and stickers. It's just a queer pride symbol at this point. Yeah, the um, the Silence Equals Death poster is by Act Up New York. Uh, that was founded by uh, Larry Kramer, who died last year. He was the uh, the loudest bitch in New York, screaming at the Reagan administration for years and years about murdering people with AIDS and abandoning people with AIDS. And yeah, he he was one of my fucking favorite guys. Ah, uh, to be the bitchiest gay in New York. Yeah, right. Larry Kramer. Uh, famous playwright, famous angry gay New Yorker. Uh-huh. The goal, man. The goal. So a lot of people took issue with the fact that there was this pink triangle on this queer button. I mean, let me just say, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people took issue quite insincerely i think people took issue with the fact that someone made a pro ship pin and this was perhaps the easiest way to attack them without flat out saying i want you to die because you made a pro ship pin yes i don't think any of these people were genuinely concerned about the usage of this imagery on a fucking enamel pin i also would like to say We say people, but I would probably specify children, because really anyone older than maybe 20 knows... Knows what the pink triangle is. Knows the pink triangle's history, or is just completely in the dark and doesn't read up on queer history at all. I can't imagine being older than 20 and not knowing what the pink triangle stands for. I can't either, but you'd be surprised. These people are I frequently am. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was frustrating for me as a queer Jew to have to deal with again the fact that queer children don't know or learn their queer history. So, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. After that, it was noticed by Sarah Zed, which if you don't know, Sarah Zed is a Bread tuber. She's a bread tuber. She does video essays on old fandom drama, like Tumblr era fandom drama. Is she? Is that what bread tube means now? Bread tube is leftist leaning video essayists on YouTube. So like even some more news. But I knew that, but I always thought it was specifically about politics. Like you know, I think it did start off about politics because it was the whole you know leftist politics versus the Ben Shapiro's on the right. Mm -hmm. But it has now just become anything that people consider socialist, communist, not the conservative view of anything. So you could do bread tubing on makeup. That seems silly. Okay. Because, like, I would have considered, yeah, like, some more news and Thought Slime and, like, maybe even Dan Olson uh, bread tube uh, contrapoints, too, but... Like, I wouldn't have called Sarah Zed BreadTube because her content is just about fandom, dumb, petty fandom yeah. drama from ten years ago. Yeah, I if I was going to say what BreadTube was, it would not include most of the people who weighed in on this drama. But it has expanded <laughs> its reach, <laughs> let's say. Yeah. Boy, did it. Yeah. So Sarah Zed weighed in. She jumped in unhappy about the pink triangle, or at least that was the reason she gave initially. She then 
dug her heels in and started what ended up being a almost week long pro ship versus red tube fan versus <gasps> aunties just just an absolute absolute clusterfuck yeah. on twitter yeah just an absolute embarrassing display i honestly stopped logging in after a while it was I, every time it was like something new had been like there were developments yeah was like, who fucking I was cares, like, oh my man. god i'm so tired i like, just so well what happened was that sarah zed quote retweeted this tiny indie mom and pop pin shop to dunk on them, which is a habit she has, I've noticed, because she did this with another th- with another uh, account. Like, I can't remember which was first, whether the pins were first or the screen caps were first. We'll get to the screen caps. But she very much enjoys, quote, retweeting small accounts to dunk on them and, I, I don't know, humiliate them in front of her, like, 75,000 followers. Yeah. I guess because when every tweet you make gets like several hundred likes and a lot of engagement all of that attention just goes to your stupid head and uh. you begin to not realize that your your following can ruin people's lives <laughs> yeah I, it's the whole markiplier yeah thing all over again you want to point and laugh but then you're in a way inviting all of your followers to come oh, and point and laugh absolutely mm-hmm. and like i don't I have no sympathy at all for people with large followings who say, well, I never encouraged anyone to go bully whoever or send them death threats or harassment or call their place of employment. Who fucking cares? You know how the internet operates. You know that you are a person with a platform and people, uh, people defer to your wisdom, whatever it may be. And if you retweet something specifically to mock it, you are inviting those people to continue the mockery. Yeah. And I, if you claim to be ignorant of that, you're a liar. I, I don't believe that you don't know that. <laughs> I don't believe you. Yeah, the thing that tells me that people of whoever, like, with large Twitter followings, know exactly what they're doing when they quote retweet something, because if they just wanted to engage with the content of the tweet, they would have replied. They would have used the reply function, Mm -hmm. which is exactly what that stupid function is made for. It's to have a small person-to-person, I don't know, conversation, screaming match, whatever you want to have. But it doesn't include your audience, usually. I mean, usually, when you at someone, that usually stays between only you two. So by quote retweeting this tiny tweet, yeah, Sarah knew exactly what she was doing, and I don't buy her pleas of ignorance that she would have no idea that she would cause death threats or harassment or... I mean, last I saw, she was just denying that was happening, Uh which is uncomfortable. I ended up sitting down with Ravenstag Outfitters and speaking with them about their side of how all of this has gone down. So even as of time of recording right now, they are still receiving death threats Mm -hmm. over a button. Neat. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Sarah Zed, I had never really cared for her videos, and I'm not saying this to seem like I I don't care about her opinion. I had watched one video of hers that was about the DashCon, the... 2014, was it 2014? Pretty sure it was 2014. One time only Tumblr fan convention that ended up being a giant clusterfuck and basically a giant scam. (laughs) The organizers, it appears, made off with a lot of money and just didn't pay their bills. And yeah, the, the, basically were uh, in danger of getting kicked out of their, their venue. As the con was happening. So, stuff like that. And, yeah, Sarah does a video of it, and it's, like, fine. She could really benefit from a script editor. But she likes to remind you over and over that she is a competitive debater. And that's kind of where she learned her argumentation style in making video essays. Like, that's uh. that's where she learned, like, her rhetoric and stuff. And it shows. Yeah. Because she absolutely... Mm-hmm. The rhetoric she employs on Twitter and on her videos totally feels like a wannabe lawyer. And also, 
in her videos, because I watched a few of them in preparation for this fucking podcast, she admits a lot uh, to have been being basically a fandom bully back in uh-huh. her day. Like, just straight up, like, I was one of those people, and it never fucking went away, apparently. She just thinks she's better now, I suppose? But, wow. She's that, not. That really... The scenes done shown through on that one. Oh. <laughs> like, this was the thing. I went from not caring about her at all and just knowing that one video and being kind of finding it kind of mediocre and just not hearing from her again to this, like, strange Regina George Phoenix resurrection of Tumblr fandom <laughs> of just, like, all you bitches thought you forgot about me. Well, I'm never gonna die! Oh. Like, and <laughs> it was just, it was crazy. Like, how, yeah. I don't even have words. Like, yeah. I, it, she came out the gate swinging. She definitely was, or at least I feel, she was definitely gearing for a fight. Like, I feel like that was sort of what she was wanting the second she got kickback for her one tweet pointing and laughing at people who want to wear a pro ship pin. And then, unfortunately, a bunch of other bread tubers had to weigh in. Lindsay Ellis, Angelica Meehan, Dan Olson, Abigail Thorne, Sean Vids, Lady Emily, and Curio all had to jump in and give their opinion and defend Sarah Zed on her bad take. <laughs> what would we do without the bread tubers to inform us of the proper takes? And like, part of me, at least initially, understands that response. I'm told being a YouTuber is a hard job. I don't necessarily believe it. But I've been told that. And at least you you would face a lot of online harassment just, you know, for daring to be a woman on the internet. I get that. And when you see someone in your community receiving a lot of pushback and, and you know, negative engagement. I don't know what the fucking douchey term is. <laughs> but when you see someone in your community, yeah, getting a lot of pushback for a take, I would imagine the instinct is to, like, circle the wagons and mm-hmm. be like, yeah, get out of here, incels, or whatever the, like, boilerplate response is. And, yeah, it was really clear that all of these terminally online people stumbled into a discourse. I fucking hate using that word. But mm. a discourse <laughs> uh, that they knew nothing about and thought it was funny to just sort of point and laugh at the freak show aspect of fandom without bothering to understand what is at stake here because this is very much the the i don't know conflict i guess between aunties and the rest of fandom is not about whose ship goes canon about whose ship is more popular it is about people losing their jobs receiving death threats being sent to the hospital being fed cookies with needles hidden in them, being doxxed to their place of work, and uh, ultimately committing suicide, or attempting suicide. Being outed to their families. Being outed to their families, that's another one, uh, In mm-hmm. uh, when that's dangerous. Uh-huh. So it's disingenuous, in a way, to call this a fandom drama, because this is really a, like, just method of social control, I guess, mm-hmm. that is being expressed specifically in the field of fandom here, but cancelling in this way, you know, air quotes, cancelling, exists across social media now. And I was shocked, really shocked, actually, at Lindsay Ellis's just nuclear take when not even a year ago, uh, a very good friend of hers, ContraPoints, a transgender bread tuber, I guess, was, you know, air quotes, cancelled, with this same exact sort of harassment campaign. And she made a two-hour video about the effects that this harassment campaign has had on her and the disingenuous logic, I guess, that these people utilize to arrive at a place where this is noble and complimentary action. Like, this is something that is good and we're doing it righteously. harassment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that too. Because that's why, that's why when she first said something, I was like, I'm going to give her a minute because she doesn't know the whole story. And I feel like once she learns the story, she's going to, she's going to backtrack on that. 
because we had like just watched ContraPoints' video that I was like, surely this is something that she would feel sympathetic towards at least a little. Well, and from what I could see, at least, ContraPoints, one of the few bread tube elites, I guess, who did not weigh <laughs> in on this fucking embarrassing exchange. And that speaks volumes to me. It does. I thought so too. I mm -hmm. specifically in... Because I watched all of this happen, you know... Basically in real time. Yeah. yeah. And I would pay attention when another bread tuber would essentially enter the fight. And I was really, I was really disappointed when Abigail Thorne of Philosophy Tube weighed in. That was disappointing to see. And I kept my fingers crossed and yeah, ContraPoints did not did not come in and I thought that that was incredibly telling. Uh, mm. In a good way on her end. <laughs> oh, yes. absolutely. Oh, yes. yes. Definitely. Because again, I don't know. I guess it's just because when you're at a point where your career is monetizing your thoughts for mm -hmm. other people's consumption, maybe you just get to a point where you're like, I gotta weigh in on everything. Even stuff I don't know about. Because that's sure what happened. It's like, wow, none of these people's contributions were necessary for this barely, it's not even a discussion for this harassment of this tiny company. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I don't know what the fuck any of these people were hoping to achieve, but they sure didn't. I mean, they drove engagement and exactly. silver lining, Ravenstag sold out within the first couple days. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Congrats I'm, to Ravenstein. I'm absolutely stoked. Like, full disclosure, uh, I think the pin is ugly. I would not wear it. But Same. nothing about it offends me no. as a queer person. That queer people actually are allowed to use <laughs> queer imagery any fucking way they want. It yep. doesn't have to be for a movement or, you know, a moral stance I don't need the queer council's permission to put pink triangles on everything if I felt like it. Yeah. I don't actually need to go and get Sarah Zed's permission to put pink triangles <laughs> on all of my shit. I could give a fuck what she thinks about whether or not I'm tacky in my queerness. Fuck you, Sarah Zed. I fucking had a thong with a pink triangle on it. <laughs> fucking fight me, Sarah Zed. <gasps> I bought the pin simply because it is a piece of fandom history now. I mean, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's a fair sure. point. I want the collector's item. Yeah. yeah. I want the the first edition with, like, a certificate of, of authenticity. Yeah. Well, like I said, like, I actually, I went on their site because, like, I didn't really care for the pin either. It's just a bit loud for me. But I went through their stuff because I wanted to see if there was anything else because I wanted to support them because I was like, well, they're still cool. Like, I still <laughs> want to do something. You love pins. I do love pins. So yeah, I do have them bookmarked because they didn't have anything uh, in stock at the moment that I wanted, but I have them bookmarked so that next time they restock on anything that I want, I'm, I'm coming for it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. They they have plans for a bunch of stuff. Like keep an eye out. I, Good for them. I hope they get a pin that's like I survived the pro ship pin wars. <gasps> oh uh, just, my god, they should. Not not even just like a pin that says "fuck Sarah Zed." <laughs> <laughs> Or just thanks to Sarah Zed with like dollar signs. Yeah. <laughs> like whatever. But yeah. So the thing is, from what I saw. This was the new Twitter pylon, you know, of the minute. Everyone mm -hmm. had a take they wanted to give. The bread tubers, again, whose thoughts and engagement are monetized, wanted to contribute because they also like money as much as Ravenstag. And were, I guess, shocked to find out that this is not actually silly fandom infighting. Like, this has to do with whether or not you think that harming people is okay in the yeah. name of fandom. <laughs> yeah. Well, and apparently Sarah Zed is okay with that, I guess, because these adults, she assumes we're all adults, are all perpetually online. Mm -hmm. And so that makes it okay for us to get into petty fights. And if we can't handle going outside and touching grass, then we're bringing it on ourselves. I don't know. She like, 
jumped around a lot. It was a real victim blamey take. <laughs> it was really yes. weird because, like, straight up said cyberbullying is okay <laughs> if it's against adults, I suppose. Well, and, like, she kept saying shit like, go outside, these people are terminally online. But, like, your career is terminally online. That's your job. What are you talking about, Sarah? I go outside for my job. I have to put my phone away. That's part of the job. What are you doing? And, like, this got messy for Sarah because a bunch of people, you know, I thought at least in very good faith, tried to explain that, you know, A, most of fandom is queer. At least most Mm -hmm. of, like, online fandom spaces. Like, there are still, like, the dude bro spaces, but they're not really... They're not involved cool. in fandom. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> they have me, their own corner. They're that two they do. different entities. Like, and again, I'm not in a like really male fandom space with like Star Wars or something. So, mercifully, I don't have to deal with that. Uh huh. But then, like, hey, Sarah, someone claims to have committed suicide a couple weeks ago over mm-hmm. this sort of harassment. Mm-hmm. To my knowledge, there is no confirmation, but someone, at the very least faked their own suicide to escape fandom harassment, which is bad. Still bad. Yes. uh, An artist uh, also recently, I think in Genshin Impact, you might know better than me, had such, like, a reaction, I guess, to the amount of hate she was receiving that she didn't eat for a couple days and had to go to the hospital. Yeah. And then, when that was announced, the people who were harassing her, no joke, were like, good, yeah, mm-hmm. that's where she belongs. That was the sort of reaction. They were happy. That was a victory for them. Well, and it's completely mask off that they don't actually care about protecting the children because most of them were joking about making sure you keep her out of the children's ward. Exactly. Ha <laughs> Yeah. Like, again, Haha, <laughs> that's so funny. What is the goal of canceling someone? Something tells me that most of these people don't actually care about children's safety. They don't want people, obviously, to, like, grow and learn a lesson because there's no way to uncancel yourself. There is no apology that is fitting enough. So, to me, it's telling that the goal of canceling someone seems to be destroying their life. Uh It's not about whatever victims, massive air quotes, they might have. It's not about having this person confront their own internal bigotry and growing and learning a lesson. It is about ruination. And I can't imagine... I can't imagine making an argument that it's anything but that. I guess I shouldn't even call it cancelling because it's something completely different, but when, like, Me Too happened... Uh That was about women basically keeping silent out of fear of their careers. And when women went public, you know, non-anonymously, like, famous women put their names and careers on the line to out someone's monstrous behavior that had been going on for years and was beyond the reach of basically legal entities because out of fear for their careers, no one had gone to the police... That, that That is so very different from cancelling, because A, this is a man, you know, a Harvey Weinstein, with actual victims, actual power, actual influence, who has managed to silence hundreds of women and men who knew about his behavior. And these women, yes, like, with their names and faces, put their careers on the line to challenge this, this system that has diminished them. Uh, because as a society, we are told to be skeptical, I guess, of women complaining about sexual harassment and all that, which is why you get a phrase like, you know, believe victims and stuff like that, because it's meant to counter that, that lopsidedness in our thinking. Online canceling. It is an anonymous mob scrutinizing every behavior you've, you've ever posted publicly about and trying to ruin your life over some imagined or maybe even unimagined discretion. It is not about toppling a powerful figure who has otherwise not been held accountable. It is about mob vigilantism. And, like, ContraPoints, actually, I'm going to just quote straight from ContraPoints' uh, video uh, about 
what Twitter cancellation is. Like, it's basically a presumption of guilt, like believe victims, which gets turned into victims are never wrong and victims are never liars. Uh-huh. And that following this presumption of guilt, you have an essentialism which sort of takes place. So if you have an accusation like so-and-so abused their partner, very quickly, like instantaneously on Twitter, that turns into so-and-so is abusive Mm -hmm. and -and so-and-so is manipulative. And rather than condemning or critiquing someone's behavior, we are now condemning and critiquing that person. That person's humanity, their personhood, is now problematic. It's not their behavior. It's not something they said or did. It's who they are. And so now we, the Twitter mob, are free to destroy them because what they are is problematic. Giant air quotes. And that is a really sort of cozy mentality, I guess, when you have outrage that you want to direct somewhere and someone comes along and says, they're okay to target. They're bad. Anything you do to them is justified. Like, I imagine that's relieving to a lot of people. Otherwise, so many people wouldn't engage in this kind of behavior. There was another one I want to bring up, actually. Uh, An artist who weighed in on harassment that she had received just recently in the past few months. Their Twitter name is The Slowest Enry. I don't know. It's like H-N-E-R-Y. They uh, played the Hades game. The, you know, famous Hades game that everyone is playing right now. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Minotaur is a character in it. Like the Greek historical mythological Minotaur. Oh, I love that artist. Yes. And so this artist played Hades, liked the Minotaur, and did this, like, short little comic of the Minotaur as a baby. Mm-hmm. So the Minotaur's there with, like, a little calf's head. Like, it doesn't have big horns or anything. It's it just a cute so little calf. Cute. And he's got his little toga and his little hooves and whatever. And he's running around with, like, a piece of chalk, just scribbling on stuff. And there's, like, one panel in this little comic where the Minotaur baby, as babies do looks at the chalk in his hand and is like, can I eat it? (laughs) And so he tries to eat it. And then like the next panel is him like making a gross face and like holding it away. He's like, it tastes bad. So Tumblr and Twitter decided that that was pedophilic subtext, that the baby Minotaur putting chalk in its mouth was actually phallic imagery. And this artist was a pedophile rapist who deserved to die. And they are still months later experiencing this sort of harassment. I want to read you an actual, honest to God, anonymous hate that they got sent that they, uh, they screen capped and put on their Twitter. Quote, those neutral in a problem are actively supporting the side of the abuser. You fucking pedo apologist piece of garbage. I hope someone rapes your firstborn child and hands you their sliced off genitals. Jesus fucking christ so like when this people podcast say, is about fandom so like when people say har har this is all dumb fandom nonsense like it's really fucking not swap out fandom for anything and you just have a small insular group that is i don't know just informed by these neo-puritanical ideas about behavior modification social control and wanting people to fucking fall in line or will ruin you. We will destroy your community. And yeah, like it's, it's fucking wacky. I, and the people it's the bleak. people who are the most perpetually online, the bread tubers, especially those like <laughs> Sarah Zed. Um Sarah Zed is like one of the only uh, like video essayists I can think of that is like, strictly about fandom. Lindsay Ellis, like, occasionally touches on fandom, but is mostly more, like, media criticism, I guess, and, like, yeah. analysis. But for, for these people who are, like, very nerdy and very online, to just, I don't know, be completely unawares as to the, the state of harassment in fandom spaces, I feel like you owe your Patreons their money back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, okay. 
to play devil's advocate, as I am wont to do. You know I hate that phrase. (laughs) I don't expect Sarah Zed or Lindsay Ellis to know the, the climate of what's happening in fandom. I don't expect them to know that three weeks before this shitstorm, somebody supposedly committed suicide, as far as we know. And certainly there are pro-shippers who, in circling the wagon around Ravenstag, were aggressive and harassing back. <laughs> yes. Yeah, there was I definitely that. saw that. That made me real fucking mad. Yeah. Because I don't call myself a pro-shipper personally because I'm not in the Hannibal fandom where that term sort of originated. I don't feel like this is a conflict. I feel like this is the side of normalcy and decency versus actual people who want to harass and destroy people's lives. To me, that doesn't feel like something that is needing a a name or a side. No, and I mean, I don't call myself a pro-shipper simply because I don't feel like being anti-harassment and anti-censorship begins and ends in fandom. Of course not. Yeah. yeah. Limiting limiting Certainly it to not shipping. shipping. Yeah. Limiting yeah. it to shipping is also I want to say limiting again. <laughs> limiting it to shipping is very limiting <laughs> because this sort of behavior exists outside of fandoms and exists outside of shipping in other spaces in fandom, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and so while it was disappointing and unfortunate to see people fighting fire with fire essentially against Sarah Zed and while I don't expect her, Lindsay Ellis, to have known uh, everything that's going on in fandom on the ground, so to speak. When people calmly and in good faith tried to explain, hey, maybe you don't understand what's happening in this space right now. Here is a couple things that have happened. And I feel what you're saying is insensitive and disingenuous. For Sarah to then... and. Lindsay. I mean, I love Lindsay Ellis, but this is a bad look, Lindsay. It was a a bad look. It was a bad fucking take. Well, and like I was saying, I saw a lot of in good faith pro shippers try and respond to them saying, hey, I don't think you understand X, Y, and Z. I'd love to talk to you about it. Only to have the bread tubers turn around and claim, oh, you're saying I kill children now? No, Lindsay. No one is saying you kill children. Sarah, Lindsay, you guys, one of you is a master's student. One of you is a competitive debater. Like, I know you know that's not how rhetoric works. No. That's a real, that's a real shitty logical fallacy to try and pull. Like, that's just something I am noticing is that people can no longer handle just polite disagreements. (laughs) The thing for me... Was that you said that, like, yeah, especially Sarah Zed, like, basically started uh, name-searching herself because she was later responding to tweets that she was not tagged in, accusing people with accounts of, like, a mm-hmm. hundred followers or less of trying to ruin her career. So, yeah, es- I saw that too. especially for Sarah Zed, this got real petty and ugly on her behalf, and... I don't know, girl. I don't know if this is the online persona you want attached to your brand Mm. if you want, you know, to keep raking in those uh, (laughs) sponsorship dollars. But yeah, that was, I guess, just upsetting that a, like, I don't expect people whose full-time job is making video essays about whatever, yeah, to know the ins and outs of fandom politics, but then Mm. maybe keep your fucking mouth shut. Mm -hmm. Like... Don't say that Again, you don't have to. This is not the stakes here are not as low as you might think. Uh, Lindsay and Sarah apparently joined a Discord with a few fandom people that seemingly were picked at random. I don't know. At uh, I wasn't tapped to join the fandom council and speak for the people. And so I don't know exactly how they left it. Like, I'm sure I'll find out. I bet they're gonna make a video about it. Oh, absolutely. Like, one of these bread tubers has to, right? Yes, this is absolutely getting monetized. And again, people will probably be harassed again when that video comes out. Yeah, so when I thought all the dust had settled and everything was calming down, a new challenger approached. (laughs) Oh, goody. And Brian Fuller himself waited. Oh, man. That. (laughs) Daddy Brian Fuller. Fucking good for him. (laughs) Right? Yeah. 
someone brought the pin, at least, to his attention. I'm sure people added him saying, help, we're being attacked. I'm sure... Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody specifically that I follow, but whatever. I don't care, nor do I blame them. Brian is such a genuine supporter of his fan base. It's so endearing. Mm-hmm. And he waited. He bought socks and stickers and a bag. He declared himself a pro shipper and said, I have been a pro shipper since uh, the essentially the one queer ship from Deep Space Nine. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he posted a gif yeah. of him. Because, again... It is telling to me that all of these white cis bread tubers came out real hard against the queer community, and specifically a fandom where the showrunner is an older queer man, and asked basically for, yeah, the queer community to disavow him and other older queer people because they were using a symbol that is theirs to use. Yeah. Yeah. It also should be stated that in the listing, the pen is a queer pride pen, and yep. also for pro shipping. Like it is, it's well by queers for queers, and a lot of these people are like, I just it was telling that so many people seem to envision when they think of a pro shipper a cis straight white woman and no one else. This is not my experience, but I know for a fact that a lot of people come to terms with their queerness, at least in part, through fandom. And I don't think that that's sad or embarrassing or lame or cringy. I think that that's perfectly fine. And if someone wants to honor that part of their journey... God, I fucking hate it when white people use the word journey, but here I am. (laughs) If someone wants to honor that... As part of their growth, as part of their experience, I don't think that that's wrong. I'm sorry, I just don't. You can put rainbows over whatever cringy shit you want, and it's your fucking right. Fandom is a space that is usually pretty queer normative. Mm-hmm. So if if shipping whatever, or if being in fandom for whatever, helps you come to terms with something a little more authentic about yourself... Good. I don't care. Wear the fucking pin. Um, whoever, whatever makes you less miserable, man. Like, mm-hmm. come on. It's been a fucking year, y'all. Like, buy your pro ship pin if you want it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you want to get a fucking enamel pen that has a rainbow and a meat shank on it with a little pink triangle in there, fucking go for it. Man, Anything that'll make you happy. And that is harmless. And, and that's like, super harmless. Again. Yeah, it it was a fucking nightmare. And uh, as of time of recording, it seems to have finally settled a little bit. Barring God, the fact right. that Ravenstag is still catching death threats. Uh-huh. That'll probably persist for a while. People who send death threats tend to be the kind of people that perseverate. <laughs> Uh huh. So I'm sure they'll be sitting on that for a minute, unfortunately. But I want to go ahead and cut really quick to my interview with them. So let's go! Hi! So I am here today with the lovely ladies who run Ravenstag Outfitters. Would y'all like to introduce yourself and explain what Ravenstag is? Uh, well, I'm, I'm Nikki and Basically, it's just an idea that we came up with for a small home business. Um, Well, we've both been in the Hannibal fandom since day one, and I really have not seen that much merchandise for it lately. It seems to have kind of dropped off a little bit. So that was actually going to be kind of the main focus, um, but also supporting queer pro shippers, um, you know, inside and outside of, of the Hannibal fandom. Um, and the pro ship pin just happened to be the first one that we got back. And that's the first thing that we put up and the first thing that exploded everything. I'm Tila. I, uh, you know, just part of the business. I've been in the fandom as well, but more kind of just observing. I haven't, uh, like, don't really participate in the shipping, but totally support the shipping. And I'm the one that puts all the pins in the bags and sends them out. <laughs> been quite an experience for me yeah because i mean like i you know i i 
Tila's been to some like parties and stuff, but you know, I've been to like a bunch of the cons. I've, you know, Red Dragon, Toronto, Fanable Fest, you know, and I know a lot of people in person from I used to live closer to New York City and well, we we both did. And so I know I just have a lot of friends in real life. And my best friend is I met through Tumblr, you know, a million years ago. Um, so I'm pretty I've been pretty sucked into it hardcore for a long time, but you know, so Tila like knows the I just same people things. and everything, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just there for the fun. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, and right up top, I guess I want to ask how y'all are doing because this has gone on longer than uh, at least I expected it to. Yeah, it seems to keep getting. I don't know if I want to say worse because we're the first day that it kind of went, and I don't even know specifically why it happened that day which was Monday. And the reason I know that is because I had a snow day from my job and I was literally sitting on the couch all day blocking and reporting people. And I like didn't even take a shower until like six o'clock because I was so insanely busy all day. But I mean, other than that, I kind of don't care in the sense of like, it doesn't hurt me personally. And it just seems massively ignorant and and foolhardy. Absolutely. The fact or at least how I found out about it was when it blew up when it came to the pink triangles involved in the pin, which right. as a queer Jewish person who knows about the history of the reclamation of that symbol, I thought it was cute, but apparently people had a problem with it. Yeah, this exactly is like, it's just a queer pride combined with like fandom solidarity is just a simple thing absolutely no second thought yeah I mean, no we didn't even think about we didn't even think about it the for pink a second triangle is like a symbol that we both grew up with in very non-queer times <laughs> absolutely like i don't know i always say this but i really feel like queer kids today or even just more progressive kids today need to learn about queer history the whole AIDS epidemic and how we got to where we are now with rights is fairly recent. Within the past 50 years is when most of this has been going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is our our lifetime, precisely. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, the 80s were just fucking horrible. <laughs> yeah, like, they don't know. These, kid, these damn kids, they, they don't, I mean, it was just, it was like, imagine if, okay, so, you know, we went through this whole thing with Trump. But imagine if there was no resistance to him. Right. At least not like any kind of findable format and no no way to communicate with each other um, unless you just happen to meet people in real life. And it was just isolating and horrible. Absolutely. Oh, and that triangle is a way that people could find each other. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so with your pin, can I ask, were you coming in with any sort of like serious motivation or create a label for people to identify themselves publicly the way people use a pink triangle or was it just a fun fandom thing it was just a fun fandom thing <laughs> totally and because like, there's i was thinking of stuff to do for the store and um you know a lot of the people have the rainbow me thing in their in their twitter name and i just wanted to make a more tangible you know thing that people could like and people would have like a zillion pins it would just be like another one of their their cool pins that it you know maybe identifies them or they use it as part of their identity in some sense but it's, it's just a it's a minor thing that's mostly just fun related right personally i thought it was really cute i'm i don't consider myself like a rainbow meaty but i like the solidarity especially in like the fanable community well and especially backed up by brian himself what a champ yeah then the night the, brian's awesome oh my god well i've met yeah i've met brian several times at conventions and stuff and yeah he's just tremendous he's like 100 percent the best the coolest and when uh, and he gives the best hugs on the planet <laughs> and uh the night which was a couple nights ago where he bought stuff and things kind right. of exploded I, again we were talking that night specifically and i thought oh my gosh <laughs> The dust is settling, and then. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, how did y'all feel about people swarming in to defend y'all? Oh yeah, that's just you know it's great, and honestly, one of the reasons that I made the store in the first place was because we used to live on the East Coast, and we had to move to the middle of nowhere in Iowa, mm-hmm. literally the middle of nowhere. 
um, because I got a really good job. And, uh, you know, between the fact that we were away and then the pandemic, like I just felt a little bit disconnected from the community that I used to be able to be a part of in person so much. And the fact that everybody kind of swept in kind of made me feel like what I had been missing. You know what I mean? So I was really happy about that. And would you mind explaining some of the, like, did you receive death threats over this button? (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) Um, Yeah, like, so, like, Monday, like I was saying, I was blocking people and reporting them. And most of it was stuff like, you know, obviously, I want to preface this with, (laughs) you know, (laughs) trigger warning suicide, that people were mostly telling me to kill myself. And other ones were like, if we see you, we're going to beat you up and we're going to hit you with the car. It was disturbing, you know? Absolutely. Was there anything specifically targeted at either of you? Uh, No. No, um, you know, it seems like people could probably fairly easily figure out who we are if they really wanted to. Um, so, you know, I, I'm assuming it was more just like a pile on rather than anything meaningful. I saw a lot of like, if I see this pin, I'm going to fucking hit this person with my car. <laughs> this stupid bullshit. Most of that I saw was stupid bullshit, but I was not immersed in it. Yeah, I was doing it all day. <laughs> you were mostly doing it. Yeah. Did y'all know anything about Sarah Zed or Lindsay Ellis before any of this? Or even any of the bread tubers jumping in? <laughs> Not a word. I, well, you know one, knew one person. Well, the Abigail, the philosophy tube, which I've honestly never watched, but I was, I was very disappointed with that. She's, you know, popular trans woman that, uh, you know, kind of fucked us over. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who... Stucci was they had a she had a very big problem with it which was you know whatever like i one of the funny things somebody commented was i just go on youtube when i need to learn how to fix things <laughs> and that's pretty much my engagement with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right i yeah. learned how to fix our alternator by watching youtube <laughs> yeah i need to put in a tile floor so. yeah yeah so yeah yeah so that's mostly my engagement with it so no i didn't know anything about these people at all I have watched YouTube since back when it first began, and I've been a fan of some of these bread tubers for a while. And so personally, I was very dis- uh, disappointed and kind of a little hurt by some of their comments. I feel like they kind of got uh, intense or more direct in the way that they were targeting y'all and the fandom in general, which was frustrating. It seemed to me just from an outside, well, not totally outside, but from being targeted but not knowing who these people were, it just seems like they were doing it to get clicks or whatever, you know? So it yeah. seemed like they were, oh, yeah. they didn't care about the impact that it might yeah. actually have on real human beings that are out there like dealing with this. And luckily we don't care, you know, we're not, you know, high school, you know, seniors who are like <laughs> first doing our first Etsy shop and then accidentally did something that made people mad and, you know, really affected us or anything like that. But if it had been something, but somebody like that, then, you know, I would uh, be very, uh, uh, there could be some unforeseen, very negative outcomes there. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. And I mean, I guess you did end up selling out of all your pins. So that must be fun. I really was very shocked about that. So we actually got more. And like I said, this wasn't even going to be kind of the main thing that we were thinking of doing um so we're gonna have like a bunch of Hannibal stuff and then I have all these plans for uh queer cryptids be kind of an art Mm -hmm. project thing and then just this one thing I wasn't gonna do any other you know rainbow meat designs and yeah they sold out right away which actually allowed us to completely like pay off the equipment and supply budget that we had already put into it so hey (laughs) I guess so that was actually (laughs) I was like okay we'll probably pay our initial investment off in a couple of months, not a day and a half. Right. That's so awesome. I mean, I bought one. It's a little piece of fandom history now. So I, I really wanted it. (laughs) And when I ordered it, like even told me there's only 18 left. And I was, Oh my gosh, look at (laughs) y'all. Right. Exactly. (laughs) It's already been ordered. (laughs) (laughs) Yay. Yeah. Just you wait, bread tubers. (laughs) I'm waiting to see their videos that they put out about this because I'm sure they will. Uh, oh, I didn't even think. Yeah, we didn't even think about that. Thanks. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Lindsay's been like apparently collecting a list of people's responses. It's Twitter. 
Well, yeah, and I mean, I, I've just been dealing with our own corner of things, so I really haven't seen any anything other than that. <laughs> so do you feel like the dust is starting to settle, or do you feel like it's still about the same amount of intensity, at least for y'all? It's been up and down, and I think we're kind of in a down today, but I think if there's, like, videos released, it's going to be up again. Absolutely, batten down the hatches sort of situation. Yes, but hopefully, I mean, at least now you'll be, I, I hate that it's sort of come to a now you'll be prepared for the situation kind of thing, because you shouldn't have to be. Yeah, no, but that's true. The temperature of fandom these days, I think we're just all very on edge. I think it has a lot to do with COVID, too, and how yeah. we're sort of stuck at home online and people are frustrated. So yeah. a lot of the these people that are like, at least know about Hannibal, uh, they know about it because of Netflix. So it mm -hmm. actually got a much wider audience that was less like focused, you know, the focused people that like were super fans of it in the beginning, like me, it, it sort of like opened it up to just a lot more people kind of casually coming in and jumping into stuff that they don't know what's going on. Right. So we talk about the not. Yes, <laughs> please. The first thing. That, that I think came of this was all these people who were like, there were a few different categories. First off, people that apparently have no idea that the pink triangle has not been associated directly with Nazis for a very long time. Um, and then there were a group of people who did know that, but know it is more of something associated with AIDS and think of it as some sacred thing you can't like wear earrings of or something, mm -hmm. which is also wrong. So you're talking about like the people who were tweeting at us. There's people who were like calling us Nazis for using this. You know, what's crazy is because like I said, I know about the history of the reclamation and I tried to come in and be like, you know, it's just become a, you know, pride symbol for the queer community to wear, not because we're walking around trying to, you know, identify ourselves, but because we're proud, you know? Right, right. It's like going to, you know, a St. Patrick's Day parade and like being like, woo, I'm Irish, you know? <laughs> exactly. And I mean, even in my attempt to explain that to people, I was told that I should wear it and they hope I get hate crimed. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that, yeah, I got some of those too. Yeah. So there's misunderstanding and then there's misinterpretation. And then there was actually people who, um, yeah, there was actually a lot of homophobic stuff thrown at us too Ugh. so yeah that i found that probably the most offensive the ignorance is the most offensive thing to me absolutely was there anything like aside from ryan was there anything you found especially positive to come out of this experience well paying off our investment was pretty positive um also just people like kind of coming together for each other not just me you know like mm -hmm. this is all and this has happened before like when there's some kind of situation you know, people will come out in specifically the Hannibal fandom and have each other's backs. And I know that that doesn't always work out um, like people want it to, but I, I don't know of any other group that it, you would immediately like start jumping in and defending each other. Did y'all have anything else you wanted to say about the situation or in general to, I guess, people who supported you? Um, yeah, like, <laughs> I can't begin to thank you enough. And you know, I, I have a lot of things planned once things kind of cool down a little bit, especially like in the summer um, when I have from my job a little bit more time, I would probably do like giveaways and stuff and, and try and you know support people. You know, And if they ever need that support, they can always ask me for it. That's awesome. I am honestly so touched by speaking with you and the positivity you have throughout this whole situation. Like, that makes me so happy to see everything has been so turbulent lately. It's been exhausting. And even the situation was exhausting. But knowing that y'all are being champs through the whole thing, when you absolutely had every right to feel completely devastated, it just, I don't know, it makes me happy. Yeah, thanks. And, you know, I've, this has been a thing. You know, it's all, we're coming up on eight years now. And honestly, is like totally, you know, changed my life in a lot of ways that have been incredibly positive and friends that I will have for the rest of my life. So I am not going to let group of bullies take that away from me. Absolutely. And then to close us out before I let y'all go, I, I want to start doing this thing where I just ask people on the show, what is something positive or something fun that you guys are into right now? That's a good question. What are you into right now that's making you happy? 
got, we've gotten our first vaccine shot, so that was great. Yay. Oh, congrats! Looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, looking forward to that. Um, I don't There's know. not quite as much snow on the ground, and yeah. it's getting a little bit warmer. We're going to go for a walk later, which is amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we're boring, and I'm working on our house. So yeah, oh, yeah, oh, my do. God. That's what we do. Oh, we have boring. this house that needs so much work. <laughs> That's awesome, though. It's nice to have things outside of nerdy things to work on as well. I say as I'm on my nerdy podcast. Yeah, right. Also, this year is our 20th anniversary. Oh, congratulations. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> well, then I will absolutely be including a link to y'all's shop in the notes for the show. People should definitely go check y'all out and keep an eye on it. Ravenstag.com. And y'all are on Twitter at Ravenstag O. Well, then thank you guys so much for joining me today. I really appreciated speaking with y'all and hearing your perspective on this whole thing. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity to uh, let us talk about it. <laughs> thank you. Calling us slurs. Thank it you. was fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you guys so much. All right. Okay. Talk to bye. you later. Bye. Okay. Yay. <laughs> Definitely go and check them out. Support them. Love that for them. <laughs> I guess I'm on pins and needles waiting for Sarah Zed's her video that's going to come out, I'm sure, about how yeah. she's such a victim in this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God. But so, yeah, I, I think we talked about the thing. Did we talk about the thing? We we talked about it. I hated it. I, I want to start ending the episode with us, at least for right now, because things have been bleak lately, saying one thing, it doesn't have to be fandom related, but one thing we're kind of geeking out on a little bit. Oh, totally. Oh, that sounds fun. This, yeah. this is fun. I actually have one and Kelty doesn't care about it at all. So I've no, I've had no one to talk to. <laughs> Tell oh, me no. about it. <laughs> I have just recently finished uh, Mary Renault? Renault? I'm not sure. The French person in me wants to say her name, Renault. Uh, Mary Renault's Alexander trilogy, which is a historical fiction about Alexander the Great, obviously, specifically about his queer relationships. Uh, his his gay lovers throughout his life uh, because uh, the the author was a lesbian living in the 60s when this book was written and she's just fully written gay historical drama polyamorous fiction and nobody told me about it and, yeah so I I loved them I thought they were wonderful the third book is fucking bummer I mean so is the second book <laughs> Alexander the Great's <laughs> life is a bit of a fucking bummer, especially for the gays. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're like these 70-year-old uh, historical fiction books, and I fucking loved them, and I intend to read more of her works now. Awesome. Mm-hmm. For me, it's Black Sails, I guess. We're watching that. That's the first new thing I've had in a while, and I'm like... I mean, I know it's not new, but I, <laughs> I never watched it. I like pirates, and I'm having fun. There are gay pirates. There are gay pirates gay, in it. And lesbians. pirates. And Calico Jack and Anne Bonnie. Anne Bonnie was my hero as a kid. Bliss knows all about my obsession with Anne Bonnie. <laughs> I do. <laughs> yeah. I have been speed running the Stardew Valley update since it's on the Switch because I am a completionist and I really fucking love Stardew Valley and uh, any new update means I have to start a whole new farm and do it all over again from the very beginning god damn it <laughs> oh really because I just was like cool I'm gonna make my farm even better now so nah I, I go through the pains of starting off with the crappy copper tools and having to work your way up again <laughs> man every time I start a new game in Stardew Valley I forget how shitty your tools are oh, and so I'll bad. be like I know I'll be like oh yay this is like oh and uh, Kelty has no patience starting a new game yay hooray and then like I I hit one tree one time and remember <laughs> and I'm like no <laughs> I regret yeah I hate starting a new game in Stardew Valley I like it when it's just hitting A and the serotonin happens that's my good time but how are you liking the update? I like it I'm working on Willie's boat right now it's fun shout out to Stardew Valley because I was powering through Hades and I finally finished the entire game and it's a lot uh-huh. of fun 
but it's a lot of having to pay attention to things very acutely. Yeah. <laughs> it's roguelike, so the more calm aspect of just fishing. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember nice. you catching a fish for me in Stardew Valley once, and I looked over at you and you just looked so serene and peaceful, just like watching TV, waiting for it to vibrate. And it just I was like... Know fucking why that like mechanic the specifically the stardew valley fishing mechanic is the most calming thing to me but it's just like it was so funny because i was just like you look like you're really fishing and you just go yeah (laughs) (laughs) anyway that'll do it for us this week if you'd like to find us online you can find us on twitter and instagram at blissfully show there is a link to our youtube there if you're watching us on youtube hi (laughs) Hello specifically to you. Do we count as bread tubers yet? Have we made it? God, I fucking hope not. I don't want to be a bread tuber. I think we'd what? have to have a Patreon and like oh, man. a sponsorship with Curiosity Stream. I don't we also have to show our faces. I feel like we'd have to show our faces, and I'm not doing I mean, that. Donkey doesn't show his face. Is Donkey a bread tuber? <laughs> Fucking Dunky no, is a I'm bread sure tuber. Dunky doesn't fit the criteria of being a bread tuber. No, I just mean like in general. <laughs> okay. If Dunky's a bread tuber, then Game Grumps are bread tubers. Because <laughs> you said that, and uh, like we earlier had to discuss what a bread tuber was because apparently the definition has changed, and I needed to make sure it was still semi coherent. I still think that I still think that bread tube is a stupid term for it anyway, but that's not my problem. You know where it comes from, right? No. Bread lines? No, no. It comes from Peter Kropotkin's book, uh, like in 1890s, The Conquest of Bread. Oh. Oh. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was bread lines. It's uh, one of the earliest, like, anarcho-communist texts. Oh, okay. And oh. so, like, that's what... Again, that's why I'm a little confused, because, like, OG bread tubers were, like, anarchists and communists yeah. and mostly talking about theory and politics, and now it's a- about movies and fandom, I guess. Because yeah. everything eventually gets boiled down to its dumbest common denominator. Mm-hmm. Basically. I mean, it's gonna fucking, I'm sure gaming will bleed into it before it dies out, but... Mm, I mean, it already kind of did with Gamergate. A little bit. But yeah! Like, comment, subscribe, tell your friends, uh... Fuck Sarah Zed. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Sorry about our dog. Do better, fandom. Do better. Everybody, don't be dicks on Twitter. Yeah, don't be dicks. Don't be dicks on Twitter. (laughs)